After a heartbreaking loss to the Carolina Hurricanes in OT, the New Jersey Devils redeemed themselves against the Seattle Kraken, and it seems like they have some decent momentum going their way at the right time because things in the wild card and also the Metro are starting to get a little tight, so every point matters, and Jack Hughes led the way alongside with Nico Dawes. We have a lot to break down in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is cracking, New Jersey? Welcome. Wait a minute. That's not my intro. What's my intro again? Oh, all right. What is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Chalky, Plug of Play announcer, Dells Rider for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part time credential media member, Trey Matthews. Before I break down the game in which the New Jersey Devils came out on the winning end against Seattle Kraken by a score of three to one, first, some housekeeping. So, Unfortunately, I will not be making the trip to MetLife Stadium to cover the stadium series in which the New Jersey Devils take on the Philadelphia Flyers. Won't go into great detail, but unfortunately, there was some miscommunication in terms of my credentialing process, and we couldn't work it out. So I still got some great ideas in store, and I have some other things in the works down the line. So I'm a little disappointed that I won't be covering the stadium series, but there's a lot of other great colleagues of mine covering the event. So make sure you check out some of their work and uh, hopefully I get to cover another big event down the road. So a little disappointed, but once again, I I know there's going to be some other opportunities in store. Housekeeping number two, Vitek Vanacek, he was dealing with a lower body injury and possibly an illness. So he was not accounted for at morning skate. So Akira Schmidt was called up from Utica. Now I know a lot of people are quite fond of Akira Schmidt and And honestly, I am too, but just to give you guys some numbers, uh, while he was in Utica, he had a record of three, five, and four. He had a goals against average of 3.58 and a save percentage of 885. So whatever he was doing in Utica, it wasn't really working out. So I don't really have that much anticipation for him. In fact, once VTech gets healthy again, he's going to be going right back down to Utica. That's my prediction, but nice to see Schmido back on the Devils roster because He is obviously a fan favorite. Now, let's talk about this game for New Jersey because is it safe to say that they have carried some momentum from their previous matchup against the Carolina Hurricanes? I know I didn't do a post-game recap episode, but I would say that was one of the Devils' best performance against the Hurricanes because they came out on the losing end by a score of one to nothing. But the one thing that I liked from the Devils was that they took it into OT. So, I said it on social media. I said it in past episodes. Something is better than nothing. And that's the mentality that the Devils have to carry the rest of the way. So whenever the Devils are in the third period and they're in a deadlock, take it into OT so you're at least guaranteed one point because the points are essential for New Jersey. And they picked up two big points against the Kraken. So when we look at the Metropolitan Division, the Devils, they are still eight points behind the Philadelphia Flyers for third in the Metro. So the Flyers are starting to run away in that third slot a little bit. They're on a four game winning streak. But when looking at the wild card, the Devils have a better shot at that, in my opinion, because they're only four points behind both the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Detroit Red Wings. So 
we'll definitely keep our, an eye out for both uh, standings, whether it's the Metro or the wild card, because the Devils are very much in it. When it comes to the Metro, it might be a little difficult for them to catch up with the Rangers and also the Hurricanes. And the, once again, the Flyers are starting to run away with it. So I think the Devils' best bet from here on out, especially if they continue to be inconsistent, is to go for one of those wild card positions. But they're they're heading in the right direction. So they've tallied three points in their last two games. So something better than nothing. And let's see what they could do this evening against the National Predators, a team that has a similar record as, as them. And there's going to be a familiar face behind the bench in Andrew Burnett. So this matchup is going to be somewhat intriguing for Devils because for the first time this season, can they try to sweep a back-to-back? Can they win two games in a row back-to-back? That's been a big talking point. It's something they got to fix because they've been leaving a lot of cheese and lettuce on the table when it comes to dropping back-to-back games. Now, let's talk briefly about my love for the Seattle Kraken because as many of you know, the Seattle Kraken are my second favorite team in the NHL, but it's for personal reasons because my mentor is Ever Fitzhugh. He's the radio play-by-play announcer. He has helped me a lot throughout my career. And I met up with them when I flew out to Seattle to cover the Devils and Kraken. It was a lot of fun. He treated me to lunch and Everett has really helped me a lot in my career. So I kind of had to do Bill Spaulding and Cam Danico a little bit dirty because I was watching it on TV, but I muted the TV and I put up the radio feed for the Kraken. So that way I can listen to my mentor and just get some tips and tricks for him. Because as you guys know, I say it in all my intros, I am a college hockey play-by-play announcer, but Enough personal stuff. Let's talk about this game for New Jersey. Once again, coming away with a 3-1 to one victory. So to close off segment one, I will give some brief recaps from each period and my main takeaways. And then in the second segment, I will name some honorable mentions and my three stars in the game. And then in the third and final segment, to close it all out, like I do with every post-game recap, I will compare the stats and give the Devils a letter grade. So when looking at the first period, the Devils finally broke their 0 for 23 power play streak. Prior to this matchup, their last eight or so games, they did not score a power play goal. And it's been a bit of a downhill spiral compared to earlier this year. And a lot of people are wondering, how did the Devils go from best power play in the league to where they're at now? Well, losing Jack Hughes for a significant amount of time, that doesn't really help things. Losing Dougie Hamilton as well, regardless of what you think of him. That doesn't help things either. So the injuries and just the inconsistency of uh, who's out there and who's not out there doesn't really do the Devils any favors. So it's been a bit of a struggle on the man advantage for the Devils. And in this game against the Kraken, they went one for five in their power play opportunities. But I was just so happy that they finally got one power play goal. And that was thanks to Tyler Toffoli. And he got it in the first period. So it's been a bit of a struggle. But here's the thing. A lot of you are probably wondering, where do the Devils rank in terms of power play numbers in the NHL? Well, this might surprise you. The Devils are still a top 10 power play team in the entire league. Going into this matchup, they were ranked number nine. So despite their uh, 0-for-23 power play goal, less streak, if you would, the Devils are still uh, one of the best power play teams in the entire NHL, according to the numbers. So it just goes to show you how dominant their power play was at the beginning of the year, because the fact that they could put up a goose egg their last 23 or so attempts, it just goes to show you that they had a lot of numbers and a lot of uh, power play points to play with, similar to their win streak last year, if you guys recall. But anyway, it was just nice that Tyler Defoley netted the power play goal and that helped the Devils exponentially. But 
The one thing that I could take from this game is that the Devils turned defense into offense, and that showed at the conclusion of the first period because they led the shots on goal category 12 to 7. So they were playing really good in front of their net. Remember, I, I believe Nico Heischer said this post game recently. He said that the Devils need to play better in front of their net. And I think it starts with the goaltending. And I think it also starts with just clearing the zone and just trying to go back on the offensive attack. And that's exactly what they did in the first period. Then in the second period, they gave Nico Dawes a, an extended rest. What do I mean by that? Well, the Kraken did not get their first shot on Dawes until there was like five or so minutes remaining in the second period and the devil scored two more goals during that uh, time in which they did not allow the Kraken to get a shot on Dawes. So that was very impressive. Once again, defense turns to offense and you saw people like Dawson Mercer find the back of the net and Jack Hughes finally getting his first goal since returning from injury. And then come the third period, I'm sure a lot of devil's fans were sitting on pins and needles and the devils did lose the shutout. Thanks to Will Borgen, but that they maintained themselves, whatever offensive attack the Kraken had, the Devils knew how to snuff them out. They knew how to suppress them. And that's something that we've been um, missing from the Devils throughout the course of this year because their defense has been up and down. It's been very inconsistent. There haven't been too many bright spots, obviously losing some defensemen, including Brendan Smith, Jonas Siegenthaler, and Dougie Hamilton doesn't do them any favors. They lost a lot of depth there, but it, it just shows you like, They've had to rely on a lot of young players, including Luke Hughes, Shimon Demetz, and Terry Hataka. Don't get me wrong. I love all three of those players, but they shouldn't be playing the minutes that they should be playing. And that's a lot on their shoulders. And similar to what Chico Resch said when he appeared on this show not too long ago, how can you give those guys five years experience when they're either 19 or 20 years old? You you can't. They they really got to try to build off of it. And I think Terry Hataka is like 23, but you, you get the point. He's still relatively young but this was quintessential as to what i want to see the devils play going forward and they carried that momentum similar to what i said earlier on in the segment from the carolina hurricanes game because now they're finding ways to get points on the board because the standings are very tight in both the metro and the wild card so these two points were essential for the devils especially since they tend to struggle on back-to-backs now we're going to transition into some of my three stars of the game and also some honorable mentions. But before we do, I want to tell you guys about the Sleeper app. Now, regardless of where the Devils are at in the current standings, I want to remind you that you can win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of Locked On NHL Network. Sleepers are number one choice for Daily Fantasy Sports, especially Daily Fantasy Hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. Uh, you don't just have to participate in daily fantasy hockey. You can also play daily fantasy football, basketball, baseball, college football, all in the sleeper app. All you have to do is pick weather studs like Jack Hughes, Jesper Brad, Shimon the Mets, Nico Heischer will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in any given game. To win a 100 times bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Devil Sands. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleepers. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use the promo code Locked On NHL and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's Locked On NHL. See sleepers terms of use for details and locational availability. Okay, before I name my three stars of the game, 
first some honorable mentions. So the first honorable mention I want to give is Shimon Nemetz because Shimon Nemetz, even though he didn't walk away with a single point in this game, he still made his presence known. So it all started in the first period when he had an open lane to Joey Decord. And by the way, I think another reason why I like the Seattle Kraken is because Joey Decord, he's an ASU alum. So forks up. And as you guys know, I currently go to Arizona State studying sports journalism, but digressing a little bit. In the first period, uh, we saw Shimon Nemetz. He had a point blank shot attempt on uh, Joey Decord. Now, Decord did make the save, but I think the uh, main takeaway is that we saw the skating ability of Nemetz on full display. Like this kid is very talented. So you see a guy that's not afraid to join in on the rush. You see a guy that's not afraid to look for his own shot. And we all knew that from Shimon Nemetz because Nemetz is an offensive-minded defenseman. So even though he didn't score on that point-blank attempt that he had on Decord, it still shows what he is capable of doing. So small snippet, but I think it could definitely snowball into something bigger. And another thing I want to give Nemetz credit for is that he did technically score a power play goal for New Jersey in the second period. But the problem was is that Eric Halla did clip Joey Decord a little bit and Halla knew it right away. His head was down. He knew that the Kraken were going to challenge that and the goal was going to get waved off. But it was still a phenomenal beauty of a shot from Shimon the Mets. So was he robbed just a tad bit? I would say so, but it was the correct call. And I know Decord might've sold it a little bit, but the facts are there, which is Hala clipped him with his skates and he put his head down and it was just like, oh man, I, I knew it. He knew it right away. So, and the referees didn't take long to look at the review and they said, yep, goalie interference, but still a decent showing from Shimon the Mets and his capabilities. So unfortunately he didn't get the power play goal, but you might not be big on moral victories. That goal still counts in a lot of Devils fans' hearts. Now, Speaking of uh, Devils fans' hearts, let's talk about Santeri Hataka, a guy I've been very high on ever since the Devils called him up. So what more can we say about Santeri Hataka? He got the secondary assist on Dawson Mercer's goal because Dawson Mercer cleaned up the mess in front, courtesy of Timo Meyer. But Santeri Hataka, seven games played, two assists, two points, and a plus-minus of plus seven. So when Hataka is on the rink, the Devils are a better team. And when it comes to the Devils defensemen, obviously we rave about Shimon the Mets. We rave about Luke Hughes because they're offensive-minded defensemen and they're very exciting to watch. They're uh, electrifying and it's very exciting when they get involved in the rush or whatever the case might be. But for Santeri Hataka, he knows how to assert himself physically. He knows how to place himself. He knows how to skate. And by the way, I have an article about him and an interview I conducted over the summer uh, during development camp in the works for Pucks and Pitchforks. So be on the lookout for that. I'll post that on my social media once it goes live. But Santeri Hataka has just been entertaining the watch. And when Brendan Smith or Jonas Siegenthaler return uh, to the Devils, and by the way, I think uh, Smith is very close to returning. He was joining the Devils practice the last few days, but he's just not quite there yet, but he's very close. It's definitely going to be a tough decision for Lindy Ruff at, of what he can do with Centauri Hataka. Now, personally, I would say for the time being, why don't you make Smith a forward? Because I think Smith is a better forward than he is a defenseman and leave Hataka there and maybe good things will happen. But that's just my personal opinion. And I know you're going to have to make a tough decision, but I really like what Hataka has brought to the Devils. He has made a good impact. And now my third honorable mention is Dawson Mercer because Merce dog, he did what he normally did, which was 
Timo Meyer, clear lane, got a shot attempt on Joey Decord. Decord couldn't control the, the loose change. And who was there to pick it up? It was Mercer. Yo, he a dog for real, for shizzle. So Merce dog just cleaning up the mess. Uh, kind of reminds me of what Timo Meyer did a lot last year. But still, Mercer getting his 15th goal of the season and, and Timo Meyer racking up his 20th point. It was a good tandem watch. And don't forget Santeri Hataka getting the secondary assists on that. Now, my third star of the game belongs to Tyler Toffoli because he continues to lead the Devils in the goals category. And he was the prime reason as to why the party got started because he got the game-winning goal in period number one on the power play. And like I said, this, this uh, well for the Devils on the power play, it has run its course. It's run very dry. And the Devils just need one power play to go their way because it's similar to like being on a losing streak. It just takes one win to snap you out of it. And that's what Tyler Toffoli did on the man advantage. Now, were the Devils better uh, down the road of this game when they were given more power play opportunities? Not exactly because the Seattle Kraken a lot of times denied them zone entry, but still just getting that power play goal, I think that's going to do wonders for the Devils because they're still a top 10 power play team in the entire league. And I think, uh, Hopefully they can build off of that. So Tyler Toffoli, just a phenomenal outing once again. And uh, speaking of which, I thought he uh, Jack Hughes was going to send her off to him on uh, Jack Hughes's goal back in uh, period number two. But anyway, I'll get to that momentarily. Let's talk about Nico Dawes and what Jack Hughes said post game. So Dawes saw 28 shots and he saved 27 of them. So it was a phenomenal outing for Nico Dawes and the Devils did a good job of protecting him in front. But Something interesting happened post-game. Jack Hughes was quoted to say, when you get the saves, it's much easier to win. Now, was he throwing shade at VTech Vanacek? Was he throwing shade at the goaltending in general? Was he just verbalizing? Like, what, what was Jack Hughes hinting at? Well, before I give my opinion, Jack Hughes did further explain what he meant during the media availability scrum. He was quoted to say, I think Dawes played really well. VTech played really well in Carolina. You get goaltending like that the last two games, it shows the results. He did a really good job tonight, and we are happy with how he played. So I don't think he was necessarily throwing shade at VTech. Now, I wouldn't put it past Jack to do so in the future or maybe the past, and I missed it because Jack Hughes is the same person that said during exit interviews that you you can't just say that you want to re-sign with, Jer with New Jersey. You got to get the job done. Now, who was he throwing shade to? Most likely, and I'm no Sherlock Holmes, but it was Jesper Bratt because Jesper Bratt was talking about for like a full year that he wanted to resign with New Jersey, but still no deal came into fruition. And remember, in summer 2022, right before the arbitration hearing was set to take place, Jesper Bratt resigned a one-year deal, but he was eligible to resign in January 2023. And he was still talking about how he wanted to stay in New Jersey. And Jack Hughes, just during exit interviews, when and I was there, I was present. I, I I remember him talking about it, and I've talked about it on this show. He just said, like, you can't just say you want to remain in New Jersey. You got to get the deal done. And all fingers pointed to Jesper Bratt because Eric Hollis said he was trying to work out a new deal. Timo Meyer never explicitly said he wanted to remain in New Jersey, but we had a good feeling that he was going to resign. But it just goes to show you that Jack Hughes has no problem speaking his mind. And Tom Fitzgerald uh, has acknowledged that uh, to the media as well. And that's why he likes Jack so much. He tells it as it is. But I think in this case, just given the context and his further explanation post game, 
I don't think Jack was throwing shade at BTEC. I think he was just saying a general fact, which is when you get those crucial saves, good things will happen because that's been a big issue for the Devils throughout their goaltending because it's just like sometimes they don't make the crucial saves. Yes, they're left out to dry, but it's just like if you're a good goalie, you got to make those saves in order to keep your team above water. But that's just my two cent opinion on as to what Jack Hughes said post game. But it shouldn't take away from the fact that Nico Dawes went a hell of a job in between the pipes, and that's exactly what the Devils needed. And now, my first star, speaking of the Devil, it's Jack Hughes, because this was sort of a coming out party for Jack, because this was the first time that he saw himself in the score sheet since returning from injury. So he walked away with a goal, and he walked away with an assist. So he got the secondary assist on Tyler Foley's power play goal. And this is something I talked about a few episodes as well. It just seems like the offense is flowing much better with Jack Hughes added to the lineup. And that was to be expected. And it should be no surprise that Jack Hughes played a helping hand as to how the Devils scored their first power play goal in like ages. And I also added like, it doesn't matter if it's five on five or power play, Jack Hughes just knows how to make the team better. And the offense looks a lot more polished when he's out there. And then his goal, man, like did, did anyone else get deja vu to the first uh, home opener in which he scored on the Detroit Red Wings uh, short side on Billy Husso? It was the same exact play in which he just banked uh, his shot attempt off the helmet, this time of Joey Decord. So Jack Hughes, he called bank and the bank responded promptly. So that was a sweet goal. And at first glance, I thought he was going to center off Tyler Defoley because Defoley had an open lane. And that's why I was alluding to a few uh, minutes ago. But Jack is just a wizard with a puck. So welcome back officially, Jack Hughes. You can't keep him out of the score sheet forever. It was bound to happen. And the fact that he picked up uh, two points in his third game back, I think it, it shows you what he's capable of doing down the road. So in 35 game appearances, he has 16 goals, 31 assists for a grand total of 47 points, obviously more than a point per game player. So I think his hard chances are pretty slim to none, but he can still make a run at just trying to get the Devils back into the playoffs, and maybe that'll help his case just a little bit and maybe give him a good narrative heading into next season. But Jack Hughes is obviously my first star of the game. Now, I'm going to compare the stats and give the Devils a letter grade momentarily, but before we continue, let me tell you guys about FanDuel. So get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now, New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. So just visit FanDuel.com slash on and shoot your shot. Hopefully my Los Angeles Lakers turn it around. As you guys know, big LeBron James fan. But FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the National Basketball Association. Okay, let's compare the stats, give the Devils a letter grade, and get out of here. Shots on goal differential, 37 to 28 in favor of the Devils. Face-off percentage, 60% to 40% in favor of the Devils. And like I said, it seems like the Devils are continuing their trend of leading the face-off department yet again. There was a lot of question about it for obvious reasons, but heading back in the right direction. Power play. Devils were 1 for 5, Kraken were 0 for 3, so good job by the penalty killers for New Jersey. Hits 25 to 16 in favor of the Kraken. Block shots 18 to 13 in favor of the Devils. Giveaways 16 to 2 in favor of the Devils. Takeaways, Devils led that department 10 to 8. So 
They didn't walk away with a shutout, but like I said in the first segment, this was just the epitome of a great outing for the Devils, both offensively and defensively, and their goalie put up a great effort as well. And I think the Devils asserted themselves early. They maintained it, and they never looked back. So I think I would be foolish not to give the Devils an A in this sort of matchup, and they redeemed themselves because they lost in OT to the Carolina Hurricanes, a game in which I know – they thought they should have won because they put up one hell of a dogfight against the Hurricanes. And a lot of people were doubting them. A lot of people were doubting VTech Vancheck, including myself, because I, I was wondering why VTech Vancheck was going out there, especially with how he played against the Avalanche. But digressing a little bit, the Devils played a very great game in this one. It wasn't perfect because they didn't get the shutout, but it shouldn't take away from the fact that they put up a really good fight. So, let me know what you guys thought of the game and also what did you think of Jack Hughes' comments? What are your opinions on what he said and how did you take them? I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts, so leave a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on podcast streaming service, hit me up on my personal X app, Trey Matt 4 and the show's X page app at Locked On Devils. As for this episode, that's all the time I have for you, so continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day in New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys next episode. Thanks for listening once again. And by the way, even though I'm not covering the stadium series, I might have a special guest lined up to help preview it.